And then I preach after that, but it's just like, you know, he reads with, you know, emotion and passion as, and as if he understands what he's reading. So I'm going to try to read it like him. <laughs> All right. Numbers, 16th chapter, verses 23 through 35. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the congregation, saying, Get up from around the dwellings of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Then Moses arose and went to Dathan and Abiram, with the elders of Israel following him. And he spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart now from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing that belongs to them, or you will be swept away in all their sin. So they got back from around the dwellings of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the doorway of their tents, along with their wives and their sons and their little ones. Moses said, by this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these deeds, for this is not my doing. If these men die the death of all men, or if they suffer the fate of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord brings about an entirely new thing and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that is theirs and they descend alive into Sheol, then you will understand that these men have spurned the Lord. As he finished speaking all these words, the ground that was under them split open. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households and all the men who belonged to Korah with their possessions. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive to Sheol and the earth closed over them and they perished from the midst of the assembly. All Israel who were around them fled at their outcry, for they said, the earth may swallow us up. Fire also came forth from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering the incense. Wow. Wow. Some deep stuff was going on here. Now, this is part of our Sunday school material, and what I've been doing is going through the Sunday school lessons and bringing them forth to you all. And what's interesting is that most of these lessons, they have a, a common theme. They have a common theme, and the common theme is, uh, is addressing rebellion. It's addressing rebellion. So uh, by way of introduction, I'll say in June of 1997, Mike Tyson fought Evander Holyfield for the second time. And I remember that fight well, not because one of the most unusual events occurred during that fight when Mike Tyson bit uh, a piece of Holyfield's ear off. No, I don't remember it because of that or for that. I, I remember it 
so well because Jalen was four years old, around three or four. And around three or four years old, you know that kids go through their period of a million questions. They, they ask question after question after question after question. Where does the sun go when it goes down? Why are my shoes brown? You know, uh, does everyone... Does, does everyone have a, has a head? And, and you got to have patience through this time. So, so while me and the fellas were like discussing the bite, right, all of a sudden Jalen chimes in and says, Daddy, uh, he bit he ear? <laughs> yes, Jalen, he, he bit his ear. Yeah. Why he bit he ear? Uh, I don't, I don't know, Jalen. I don't know why he bit his ear. Did he, did he be he ear off? <laughs> no, no, Jalen, not all the way off, but he bit a piece of it, just a piece of it all. Yeah, just a, a piece of it all. And 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 this goes on for almost like hours. It felt like he just, just why he be he ear. And, and, and I'm trying to have the patience of a good father. That's who I was trying to be. <laughs> and then I'm just there, and, and he's just, you, he be he ear? Why he be he ear? He be he right here? And he just goes on and on and on. And, and, and I'm just like, yes, Jalen, he be he ear. Yes, Jalen, yes, 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 yes. And, and, and I thought of that because I can imagine what Moses felt like during this time. Again, we got to go through this again. We got to go through, you know, this, this rebellion thing again. I mean, we got to play this same game again where you guys rebel against the Lord and, and the Lord is, is, is angry at you and you, you're going to do it again? It's going to, I mean, it's like same verse. I mean, first verse, second verse like the first. It's like, what, what's, what's going on here? You got to just keep going on and on with this same rebellious theme, this same uh, uh, a rebellion against God. The, the, the Sunday school writer says this. Says this, the pressure is strong to rebel. Because we're living in a day where the spirit is of, of rebellion. And it says the pressure is strong to rebel, to, to rebel against traditional social values, to, to rebel against school rules, to rebel against parents' rules, to rebel against everything God says in his word. And, and some of us, have, have tricked ourselves into thinking that that almost doesn't count. That almost doesn't count. Meaning that, that, that if you're around those who rebel, and, and you may not be rebelling like them, but you're just in, in the area. See, that doesn't count because I wasn't, you know, acting up like they were. 
but, but sometimes almost does count. Amen? Almost does count. It's this old idiom that says, you play with fire, you get burned, right? In other words, if you fool around with something that is potentially dangerous, you must expect to get harmed, right? And that's what was going on here. That's what was going on in these lessons. Church, the point of these lessons is that we are now living in the age of rebellion, and we must remain true to what is true. We must remain true to what is true, and that's God's word. That's God's word, right? Regardless of the pressure, we must remain true to what is true. So let's go back just a little bit over these lessons. If you've been following me, church, you would remember that um, long, <laughs> a long period of time has gone on, and ye- pretty much years have gone by. And you all know that by this time, the verdict was in. At one point, the nation was at the border of the promised land. They could see the promised land right there. All they had to do is march a little further, and they would be in the promised land. But their lack of faith kept them away. Their lack of faith kept them away. And and of course, God told them to possess the land. Go in there and possess the land. And and possessing the land obviously would be met with some resistance because those who were occupying the land at that time would fight back. But God was telling them, I have your back. So go in there and get the land that I promised you. But they didn't believe God, right? They didn't believe God. And they were sure that they would go in there, try to fight, and they would lose. So what did they do in turn? They rebelled. They rebelled. They, they, they told Moses, nope, we don't want any part of this. We want to go back to Egypt. I know, that, I know we saw all the miracles along the way. You parted the Red Sea. God parted, parted the Red Sea for us, and he gave us uh, water from a rock. He, he gave us food from heaven. And, and he did all these things. But nope, we want to go back. To Egypt. We want to go back to Egypt. And in Egypt, we were living the high life in Egypt. Oh man, we had, you know, barbecue ribs and pork chops and whatever else that they could think of that was good at that time, right? And they were saying, we want to go back and we want to live like we lived in Egypt. The irony of it is, is that they were slaves in Egypt. And they wanted to go back to being slaves instead of free. What a mentality, right? But, but, he, but here's what's interesting is that they then complained and they said, you know what, we want to go back. We want new leadership. And, and if you don't follow what we said, then, then you know what, we, we want to kill you. We even want to kill those who would get in the way of our plan. And, and then they took it a step further and said, oh, that God would just kill us in this desert. He's just too much. God is just, this is just too much. Just just kill us in this desert. And God heard them and said, you know what? Done. That's exactly what I'll do. None of you will possess the land. 
so you will die in the wilderness. Here's the funny part. We're in the 16th uh, chapter of Numbers today. But if you read back in Numbers, the 14th chapter, verses 39 through 30 through 45, you'll notice something that, that's kind of humorous. After Moses goes down and says, nope, you're done. That's it. None of you all will go into the promised land. Then the people started crying. And then when they started crying, they said, okay, okay, we'll go fight. So they go and get, they get, their, they get their swords and everything else, and they go on a hill and, and geek themselves up. Yeah, we'll fight Moses. We'll fight now. We're sorry. We're sorry. And Moses said, no, uh-uh. God said no at this time. Don't go and fight. Do not go and fight. They said, we're going to go and fight anyway, Moses. So they go down there and fight, and they get beat up something fierce. They get beat up something fierce. Moses told them not to go, but yet they go anyway. These were folks that wanted to do what they wanted to do. And it's a lot like us today. We do what we want to do. We're busy about doing our thing and not God's thing. Amen. Amen. So now we come to the, to, to the lesson today. And a little time has passed, and they are wandering around in the wilderness. And guess what shows its ugly head again? Rebellion. This time it's Korah. It's Korah. And see, Moses and Aaron, they were brothers. But Korah was a cousin, right? Korah was a cousin. All of them, that is Moses, Aaron, and Korah, they, they were all great-grandsons of Levi. Right. So they were so they were Levites and God had set the whole nation of Levi of Levi set them aside because they were going to do special. He was going to do like special things with them. He, he had a special service in mind for them. They all were set aside. But specifically, Moses and Aaron, they were set aside for some specific roles. Moses was leader. And Aaron, he was the high priest. Amen? Korah didn't like this arrangement. Korah did not like this arrangement. He wasn't satisfied with this arrangement. So, so what he did is he went and he got three of his friends, right? Dathan, Abiram, and On. O-N. That was his name. On. Right? And, and then they all turned against Moses and Aaron. And, and Korah said, I'm going to do it differently this time. I'm just not going to, like, rebel, but I think I'm going to do it, like, the right way. See, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do wrong right. I'm going to do wrong right. So how I'll attack it this time is I'm not going to say that God is wrong. I'm going to say Moses is wrong. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a new twist in it and say Moses is wrong. And, and, and what I'll do is I'll go, and, and, and I, since I have my partners here, see, see, I want the high priest position. I just want you guys to know. And, and you guys can have Moses' spot. But I want the high priest position for myself. And when On heard this, what's interesting is that you hear On's name only one time. 
He, you hear his name only one time, and most scholars say that the reason why you hear On's name only once is because he was in the huddle, he heard the plan, and he said, y'all crazy. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what he did. On said my name, I changed my name. <laughs> it's off now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not for this. I'm gone, right? I am gone, right? But Cora and his friends, they still went on with the plan, right? And they approached Moses and they challenged Moses. And, 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 and this is how slick Cora was. He said this in the third verse of the 16th chapter. He says, he says, they assembled together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, you have done, you have gone too far. You've gone too far, far enough for all the congregation are holy. Every one of them and the Lord is in their midst. So why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? In other words, he said this, Moses, you got the big head. Yeah, we're not, we're, not, we're not going against God. We're going against your ego, Moses. Who died and left you in charge, Moses, right? And, and, and you and Aaron, you all put on your man's skirts just like we do. You do. You, you dress just like we do. Who, who's to say that you're any better than us? You know, and, and, and I, I believe in... Uh, in Romeo and Juliet, the second, uh, in the second act, uh, in the second scene as well, uh, Juliet is standing on a, on a balcony and she's thinking to herself out loud and she's thinking about Romeo and, and, and she says something like, like, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Because she was thinking about Romeo. And I say to you all today, rebellion by being of any other name would still be rebellion. God does not like it. He doesn't like it because ultimately sin isn't against one another. Ultimately, sin is against God. Amen. So while uh, Korah tricked himself into thinking that he was not against God, he actually was against God. God had appointed these folks in their positions. So he was really not going after Moses more so than he was going after God's. God's plan wasn't good enough for him. It wasn't good enough for him. And what's interesting about this is that Moses was saying, why are you coming against me? Why, why are you coming against me? Why me? I mean, I didn't even want this position. I was, I was good with being a shepherd. If you were there when God was calling me, you would have known that I tried to talk him out of it. I didn't want this position. I didn't want it at all. So why are you coming after me? And why are you coming after Aaron? Aaron too? You guys are really messing up this time. You're really messing up this time. 
right? And, and, and that goes to what I said to you before. See, jealousy and envy, they are in the same family. And, and, and when you're jealous and you leave room for jealousy, it, it brews and it festers and it gets worse. It gets worse. See, see, first it starts off at, I want what you have. Then it goes to, not only do I want what you have, but I don't want you to have it. But I don't want you to have it. I want you to, 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 to be without. And that's how ugly it gets. And it kind of remind me of this donut game my sisters used to play with me. See, I, see, and you guys may see it in kids today. And, and what I mean by that is we would get a, a, a donut, and my, my mother would say, here's a donut. And I was the greedy one. I ate mine quick. But my sisters were like, they were just picking at theirs. And they was waiting until mine was all gone. And then mine was all gone, and they were picking. And then all of a sudden, they're like, I got a donut. I have it. And they knew that I wanted more donut, right? And, and, and they were like, finally, and, and you're jealous and you're envious now, aren't you, Jerry? Because your donut is gone. And, and, and at first, I was like, man, I want their donut. But then I was like, I don't want them to have their donut. And then all of a sudden, when they played around sometimes and they dropped the donut, I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy that their donut was ruined. How many people are like that today? Where they sit back and they see what you have and in their heart, they really want it. And then all of a sudden, they hope deep down inside that, that, that somehow it messes all up for you. And then all of a sudden, poof, when it messes up, for some reason, they feel better. And, and what's, what's deep is that they couldn't come around to rejoice with you when you had it. But they can come around with their fake condolence. Oh, man, that happened to you? Oh, man, I'm so, I heard about what happened. I heard about what happened. Man, oh, man. Hmm. I, I, I'm praying for you. You don't want that type of stuff going on in a church, do you? I hope and pray not, right? I hope and pray not. So, so, so what do we learn from this lesson? This lesson tells me two things. One is from Cora's perspective, what we need to learn is don't allow envy and jealousy to, to get into you. Don't allow it any room in you. Because, see, what happens is, is that it begins to consume you, and it takes over your thoughts, and, 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 and it influences your emotions, and, and it influences how you, you, you react to people and you respond to situations. In fact, it consumes you so much that your eyes stay and remain on others, and you're blind to your own blessings. And you're blind to everything the Lord is doing for you. Sometimes you need to stop looking at other folks and pay attention to what the Lord is doing in your life. Because he's blessing you 
time and time again, there's an old, old song that says, count your blessings and name them one by one. Count your many blessings to see what God has done. And that's what we need to do sometimes. Stop comparing yourself to others and stop allowing others to be the focal point in your life. God bless you with what you're doing. Go ahead on. But I'm just thanking him for what he's doing for me this day. This day. Amen. But we, but, but we also learn a lesson from Moses' perspective. And, and from Moses' view, what we learn is don't allow other people's issue to become your issue. And, and that's what we do. Sometimes we allow other folks' mess to become our mess. Somehow when they, are, they have issues over what you have, all of a sudden you, you're, you're downplaying your blessing. You're downplaying your blessing. In other words, you know that they're having an issue with your brand new shoes. So what you do is you say, oh, these old things, I don't, I don't, ain't no, no, walk in your blessing. <laughs> walk in your blessing. Don't let other folks' issue become your issue. And Moses, that's what he does for us. He, he, he understands that I'm not going to take ownership over Korah and Dathan or Abiram's issues. I'm not. I am, I am satisfied with where the Lord has me. And, and I'm counting my blessings as to where the Lord has me. Amen? And, 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 and here's the maturity about Moses. Moses also was in a point in life where he could not only be thankful for his blessings, but he can also help others in their efforts along the way. He could pray for others, and he can assist others as they uh, uh, complete their assignments that the Lord has assigned them. That's the lesson that we learn from Moses. And what's interesting is as we move through this scripture lesson text, we kind of see a pattern of going, going, gone. Going, going, gone. See, because in verses 23 through 24, we see that Moses was going to the congregation. And God told him to tell the people, get away from those folks because I am about to do something to them. Get away from them. Move away because I'm about to do something soon. I'm, I've come down and I've heard what they are up to and everything. I'm about to do something to them. Move away. Move the congregation away and tell them to go away. See, Dathan and, and Korah and, and, and the other, they basically ended up uh, gathering up at least 250 leaders to follow them. So they had a serious movement going on, a movement of rebellion. And God says, you know what? It's time to stop this. It, it's time to stop it. They, they have momentum and it's time to stop it. I heard one speaker say this, the best way to get rid of negativity is to get rid of negativity. Get it away from you. Get it if it's in, if it's on your job and you're in a position where you can have that employee go. Guess what? Go. Let them go. Let them go. Do frozen on them. Let them go. 
Just let them go, right? Let them go. Because what happens is that negativity is like, is, is like a disease. And it spreads and it spreads and it spreads. And you have to cut it off. You have to cut it off. You have to challenge it and keep it contained. Because if not, it'll spread and permeate all over the place. Let it go, right? And that's what he did. He went to that congregation and he said, hey, it's about to be dealt with. You guys need to, you guys need to go. You guys need to go. Then he goes, what's interesting is that the other going is he, he goes to the source of the issue. See, see, what happens is, is that, is that, is that Dathan and, and, and Abiram, they didn't want to go to Moses. Moses told them, come on up and we can deal with this. Come on up to the tabernacle and we can deal with this. And, uh, and, and Dathan and, Cor and Abiram said, no, we're not coming. We're not going to you. So guess what? Guess what? Guess what Moses does? Moses gather up leadership and he goes to them. And as he's standing in their front yard, all of a sudden here comes, here, here comes the, 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 the guilty group and they come and they're standing at their, the, the doorway of their tents and they're looking at Moses and they're getting more and more defiant. And here's an opportunity for them to do the right thing, but they choose not to do it. They choose not to do it. They chose not to do it. And, and what's interesting is that all of a sudden, everybody is looking at this and witnessing this rebellious moment. And those who followed Moses' direction, they just said, ooh, something is about to happen. I am getting away from them. I'm going to go over here. And that's what they did. And they left those folks right where they were. So what do you think happened? Well, according to the scriptures, what ends up happening is that Moses did a challenge. And Moses said this in the 29th verse and the 30th verse. If these men die the death of all men, or if they suffer the fate of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. In other words, if they do a regular, if they die just regular ways, then that shows you all that God didn't send me. But if God does a new thing, if he does a new thing, like, oh, like um, open up the ground on them and then let them fall through, right? If he does a new thing, then you will see that the Lord did choose me and that they went against God. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, Moses did almost like that old character, Billy Jack. Y'all remember Billy Jack, where Billy Jack was going around with his kung fu with, with, with bad guys. And, and he would say, you know, right before the fight, he says, I'm going to get my right leg and I'm going to kick you on the left side of the face. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, while the, while the bad guy began to speak, all of a sudden, Billy done kicked him. Right. Moses said pretty much this is what's going to happen. And I'm letting you know right now that this is exactly what's going to happen. So get ready. If you continue to be in your rebellious ways, get ready. 
And that's exactly what happened. Going, going, gone. Because as soon as Moses stopped talking, as soon as he finished, all of a sudden the ground opens. See, see, this scripture gives a whole different interpretation and a whole different meaning to being grounded. <laughs> right? This is a whole different thing. You talk about being grounded. <laughs> they were grounded. The earth splits open. And they fall in. And then the earth closes back open it closes back it closed back as if it never opened now now some scientists and folks that don't believe the bible they said and eh, you know just a coincidence it was an earthquake that occurred at that moment or it was a sinkhole but i don't know of a an earthquake or a sinkhole that repairs itself that quick Right? All of a sudden it opens and then it closes as if nothing has occurred. No, no, this was a divine judgment that occurred. And God had to show that I need to get rid of the negativity that's in the midst of the people. And they are rebelling and I need to get rid of it now. And so that Moses and Aaron can go on and do what I need, I need them to do without any interruption. The ground splits open, and then the crown closes. And guess what the people hear? Ah. Can you imagine that? It is like, ah. Then it's over. And the people said, I'm gone, <laughs> because I don't want to go like that. And, I, and they go and they run and they cry and they say, let's go before it opens up on us as well. So, so they go and they go quick. Here, here is the point of it all, saints. And, and I read this quote long ago and it applies to this, <laughs> it applies to this message. It said, the, the, the writer said, stupidity is like a giant car heading towards a brick wall and everyone's arguing over where they're going to be seated. Instead of getting out of the car, they're like, you're in my seat. While this big giant wall is coming their way and they're not jumping out. They had an opportunity to jump out but they decided to remain in this vehicle that was going to crash. Don't remain in a vehicle that's going to crash, church. Church, the point of these lessons is that we are now living in the age of rebellion, and we must remain true to what is true. Don't get caught up in the hype. Don't get caught up in the hype. So, so just remember the old adage that says, if you play with fire, you get burned. If you fool around with something that is potentially dangerous, you must expect to get harmed, right? And, and, and when, even if it's family sometimes that you have to, to stand against, 
Sometimes you have to even say to family and friends, if I agree with you, we'd both be wrong. If I agree with you, we'd both be wrong. Stand for what is true, church. Even though folks are, are, are it's so fashionable right now to be against just about everything and, and be against everyone. It's, so, it's such a fad right now to, 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 to be against things. You know, what? They said what? Oh, yeah, okay, let's march. But see, the, the, the difference I see is that, and, and this is what uh, Elder Julian has stated, that, you know, the difference I see is, is, is back in the day, they, they had a, a, a purpose and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a goal for, for, for their marching. Now it's like, let's do it. Let's do it. And I say to you all, make sure when you have to stand for something that you're standing right with God. That you're standing right with God. Amen? And, and what a better way to stand right with God than to accept his son on today. Because actually what happens is we are actually in rebellion against God. We are in rebellion against God at this very moment if we have not taken the provision that he's provided. And what he's provided for us is a way back home to him. And that is through his son, Jesus Christ. Now is the day and time to accept Christ as your savior. No longer you should be running from him. You should be running to him. Your arms should be wide open like his, running back home to him. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Don't let another day pass you by. Don't live in rebellion any further. Choose ye this day who you will serve. And as I state every week, here's the question with eternal implications. What will you do? With Christ. What will you do with Christ? I pray today that you will choose to serve him. So after we dismiss, there will be elders here and they will be available to talk, to, to, to pray with you uh, and, and to answer whatever questions that you need answered. And those out in Zoom, we have, uh, uh, we are always available. We have our contact information there as well please don't hesitate to reach out to us church don't live in rebellion don't get caught up in this in the okie doke remember god is still on his throne and the thing is is that we must serve this king the right way we must serve him the right way some folks are doing things wrong and they're trying to make it and trying to say that it's right. Do the right thing. Serve your king. Amen. God bless you.